We are back. Glad to have you in for another episode of Two on OSU. I'm Sam Hutchins. My beat reporter and Ben and brother, not usually in that order, um, is uh, you know my, my partner on the beat brother is Ben Hutchins. He's here too. So maybe you're listening to us from the car driving to Stillwater. We're previewing the K-State game. If you left work a little early to get up and tailgate, congratulations to you. Ben, we'll jump right into Kansas State, preview what the Wildcats do, what the Cowboys need to do to get their first Big 12 win. But first, let's thank the good sponsors at home uh, supporting this show, and um, it's, it's much appreciated. So thank you to MidFirst Bank, Laser Light Clinic, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, Fire Lake Casino, and Oklahoma Ford dealers. Ben, remember, drive into your best Oklahoma Ford dealers today for the best deals on all Ford's lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. Ben, Kansas State, Cowboys are 2-2. Two and two. What do they need to do to exercise some demons? Yeah, they got to stop the run, Sam. Can't, I mean, just because Deuce Vaughn left doesn't mean... Those, uh, those burly Midwestern Manhattan linemen forgot how to block. And I think that's really leading to a powerful Kansas State uh, offensive uh, rushing attack. As a whole, the Wildcats are number 15 uh, in offensive rankings. 6.49 yards of play, Sam. Uh, OSU is number 100, all the way down at 4.94 yards of play. So it's only you know a, a couple yards of play, but dang, over 70 plays, that really adds up. Um, and Kansas State is, is averaging 198.5 yards on the ground, which was a little surprising to me. Like, I, I thought a lot of that was Deuce Vaughn, uh, last year, just making guys miss as he did so much, but, but no, it's, it's really, uh, just a Kansas State culture thing, I think. And DJ Giddens is a sophomore running back who is over 100 yards a game. Um, so the Cowboys are going to need to slow him down to win this game, Sam. That's right. And just to, to set the scene nationally, Kansas State, you know, uh, is 27 in the poll. So not ranked there. There won't be a number on the scoreboard, but they're close. They're receiving plenty of votes. And the Wildcats are three and one. Remember, they obliterated Simo and Troy in, in their first two games. And then they lost a tight one, 30 to 27 at Mizzou, and then bounced back to beat UCF last week. But Ben, the Wildcats, they've scored more than 40 in all three of their wins. Like, like you said, a lot of that has come through the ground. But the last time Oklahoma State scored more than 40, I'll have you think back to that Texas game, Ben, the week before the 48-0 loss at Kansas State. Um, so, so that was the last time Oklahoma State scored 40. And the, the Wildcats have already done it three times this year. So it, it won't be easy for, for Oklahoma State. And um, it'll. Uh, here's another thing that I want to bring up. The, the Wildcats do is, is defensively, they have the fifth best rushing defense in the country. They're, they're giving up 2.53 yards per rush. So for a Cowboy team that has at times struggled to rush the ball for, for large sections of, of multiple games this year, and, you know, even really in maybe the best rushing game against Iowa State, a lot of it came on, on one play. So the, for, in terms of Oklahoma State needing a get-right game on the ground, it's tough to, to draw the Wildcats here. Um, in, in, in the beatdown last year, OSU rushed 30 times for 54 yards. So that was not the recipe then. And the, the Cowboys are going to need to rush the ball better on Friday. The, the two um, guys that you, you might remember from the Kansas State defensive line, Felix, uh, and then his last, last name's hyphenated. I'd hate to butcher it, but 
he's he's not back. He went to the NFL and their longtime nose tackle, Eli Hudgens, he's gone too. But uh, KSU still does have the uh, a guy named Khalid Duke, who's second in the Big 12 with four sacks. And when I talked with Dalton Cooper, Dalton Cooper was like, yeah, um, I think he said number 29. He had a little Mike Gundy identification of, you know, Khalid Duke. But um, he said he's a player that, that we'll have to watch out for. So it'll be it could be tough sledding in the trenches for the Cowboys. Yeah, um, we'll see if the Cowboys get to the four and a half, four yards of carry mark that, that Mike Gundy feels is so important to to win. I think, Sam, OSU's played better. You know, I think the Iowa State game was uh, better on the ground. I mean, aside from Ollie Gordon's huge rush, it wasn't great, but you can't take Ollie Gordon's huge rush out. That, uh, that, that, was, that was an important play. So we'll see if the Cowboys can, you know, plod along, plod along, and then spring one. Um, and we'll see also what kind of distribution the touches are. I, I think with Ollie Gordon getting the bulk of that backfield work last game, and we saw less of Elijah Collins, a little bit, a bit, a little bit less of Jaden Nixon. So I'm interested to see how that kind of breaks down, especially after the bye week. You know, maybe some decisions were made there. Uh, we'll, we'll wait to see what the Cowboys look like on the ground. Yeah, and it's also worth noting uh, the Wildcats did lose their senior middle linebacker, Daniel Green, who tore his peck against Mizzou. So that that happened in the loss, um, and it's kind of maybe a little bit tough to evaluate Kansas State with, with the Big Twelve. UCF they they just blew a huge lead. You know UCF's been up and down, so Kansas State's been been blowing teams out. It, it for a while been they look like one of the best teams in the country, and then that loss to Mizzou maybe a little surprising. Um, bit of a rivalry game, so hard to discount it too much. But you know it. Uh, I, I I think we have a good enough feel of these two teams to kind of feel you know this would be a decent sized upset if Oklahoma State can win um you know there's enough sample size for for maybe that but um I I know we'll get into that later score prediction wise let's talk overall atmosphere Ben starting with it's on the wrong day they're playing on Friday yeah um it, it is the wrong day for for football but it's still a pretty good day to have uh, a game, Sam. I think with Friday night, it'll be great weather. You don't have to compete with the Red River or anything else like that. It's a standalone game. Off the top of my head, I think it might be OSU's first ESPN game this season. I think Iowa State was on ESPN two, and they played a lot on ESPN plus. Um, so this is like honestly the That's Cowboys' cool first chance uh, on a national kind of window to to make an impression. And Uh-oh. yeah, I mean. You can make an impression really good or really bad. So we'll wait to see how this one goes. I don't know how many people were watching that 48-0 to zero loss last year, but I imagine the number started a lot a lot higher than it ended. Um, but I, I'm looking forward to the atmosphere, Sam. It should be fun. The blackout, the blackout game, that's been a pretty big success the last couple of years at OSU. Yeah, and I, I, the, the folks I do feel bad for are the, the people coming from Tulsa or the people coming from Oklahoma City that, uh, you know, maybe you're, you're able to devote your entire Saturday and make the trip, but if you're getting off of, of, of work at, you know, five o'clock in Tulsa, it's going to be tough to, to make that, uh, you know, drive down and um, get situated b- before the game kicks off. So, you know, it's it's kind of just a Big 12 TV deal. There, there's more Friday games. It undeniably is, you know, better for TV rights folks to have a standalone game Friday. It's like what the NFL does with, with primetime games. So I get it. And they're uh, they're definitely here to stay, you know. Um, I, it was either Mike Gundy said on 
in his press conference or in his uh, radio show he does with Dave Hunziker, which is often very insightful, that he said, you know, if the TV folks want more of them, there's going to be more of them. So there, there's not much you can do about that. But, I mean, Oklahoma State's trying to do the best they can to, to liven the atmosphere. Does a Rodney Atkins concert do anything for you, Ben, pregame? I mean, I have my my, uh, my 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 most country hat on, so maybe a little bit uh, with with Rodney Atkins. Yeah, I mean, sure, it, it does a little bit for me. I, I I can get behind some country music. Arberg feeds. Have you ever been to a feed store in your life? I've never even fed a cow. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's like stolen valor, but but yeah. with country, <laughs> let's take that hat off. Um, okay, yeah, Rodney Atkins concert, and also you know it, it might be worth informing the the folks at home. The men's basketball team is doing an open practice at 2.30 on, on Friday in, in Gallagher-Iba. So Mike Boynton's opening the doors saying, hey, if, if you're here for the football game, come watch the, the men's basketball team practice. And um, they'll start their season later in the, later in the season or later in the you know, fall season. The, I, I hate to touch on it too much in, in a football podcast, but that men's basketball team, been they, they kind of passed the eye test a little bit to me. I, we got to watch one practice as members of the media. They're, they're an impressive bunch. Yeah, the basketball team, I'm, I've, I mean, Mike Boynton's teams always look impressive, I think, on paper. Because he recruits so well. He recruits, uh, you know, big, strong, super tall guys. We'll see how they kind of come together toward the end of the season. We'll see if there's enough you know, um, playmakers and in different kind of pieces to bring together there. That's kind of been the challenge with Boynton's teams uh, so far, at least from what I've observed. So we'll see. But yeah, Mike Boynton's teams, they always look impressive on paper and it's because they are um, cer- certainly excited to see how that yeah. kind of shakes out for the Cowboys. Another McDonald's All-American. Um, mm-hmm. the, so there's two on the team now with Bryce Thompson, but Brandon Garrison, an Oklahoma kid who Boynton got in uh, I, I was impressed with Miranda, the, the seven-footer that they brought in. You know, it's good to have those guys rather than play against them. So Miranda looked good too. But that aside, football, you, you think the atmosphere will be pretty good? Blackest sky in the in the state, right, or in the country. That, that's how they advertise. And it uh, it often is pretty good. So, um, Ben, is, is there anything we need to touch on Kansas State-wise but before we kind of go to um, a, a national discussion a little more of Mike Gundy's salary com- compared to other coaches. And U- USA Today does a-, a good article on that. But did we hit everything on Kansas State you want to hit? Yeah, we'll get into score predictions uh, at the end of the episode. So I-, I think we should get into some of this national conversation. It was a little bit juicy, Sam. I, I saw the tweet generated a lot of interaction on social media. There's-, there's no way to get people more fired up one way or the other than by listing all these football coaches' salaries. Okay. Now, my main takeaways, and if you want to, to find the article for, for the folks at home or if you're in your car or not able to look at it right now, um, USA Today, they did a, a big survey. You, you can get all the public college institutions. You can get all their coaches' salaries and kind of piece together where things are nationally. So it's, it's a yearly article they do. And Mike Gundy bit comes in at tied for number 13 among all coaches in salary. And he's... I think more notable now that conference realignment has kind of done its turn out of the non big two coaches. So if you take aside the SEC and the big 10 and put them in their own group, Mike Gundy is the number two behind Dabo at Clemson for salary. It's a, a <clears throat> excuse me. It's not a, a, a thing that gives Oklahoma state a lot of 
happiness right now. A lot of fans on Twitter I saw two years ago when he's winning the Fiesta Bowl, maybe it seems like a bargain. Yeah. Um, ben, what jumps out to you about the where Mike Gundy sits salary-wise? Yeah, my first thing I looked at was where he sat in relation to Venables. And I was kind of interested to see that uh, Gundy does make a little bit more than, than Brent Venables. Brent at 7.1, Mike at uh, 7.6. So I, I just wanted to see that. And maybe we'll see Venable's salary go up as as he goes to the SEC. And if this year turns out uh, anything like people down in Norman think about the way it started. So we'll see uh, what, what that looks like if, if Mike is remaining the highest paid state employee in the state of Oklahoma. Um, but yeah, I think my main takeaway with this is just how much a bargain 7.6 million can feel like in, in 2021 and just how much of a shackle some people think it might be here in 2023. And that's not going to go anywhere. That's going to, um, you know, it's going to continue to flip flop. We'll, we'll see how NIL shakes all of that. Now my, my, you know, yeah, like I, I don't know. It's it, it's just it just changes so so rapidly in in college football fans' perceptions. I think a lot of time the the number that matters the most to to a lot of folks is the buyout. And um, another another interesting thing that that article had was Gundy's buyout is actually the lowest among the top twenty two coaches. So he's higher up in term tied for number thirteen in terms of overall salary. But his buyouts uh twenty four point nine million right now, which don't get me wrong, that is a ton of money, especially in the world of NIL, where money is often suited to, you know, if you can hold on to a coach and disperse money elsewhere to players and collectives, um, th- that helps. But uh, his buyout's pretty low compared to, you know, some of the huge names, Saban, Smart, but Gundy's buyout, I believe it goes up every year. So, um I don't think Mike Gundy's going anywhere. And like you said, Ben, some years it feels like a, an incredible bargain for Oklahoma State, and some years it, it, it does feel a bit like an overpay, but that's going to feel like it for any coach, you know? Yeah. What, what, let's check real fast. I mean, I can maybe scroll down. Um, who's the highest group of five? Is, is that even on here? Or is, is the group of five well represented at all? I see some AAC um, – Get down here with the two lane coach, Willie Fritz, but unfortunately, I don't. Yeah, 2.8 um, per year. It's, it, it'll be interesting to see as, as this kind of whole thing unwinds and you know, we revisit this story in five years uh, what the AAC and what uh, the group of five looks like in, com- in comparison to the, the Pac 12, whatever remains a bit of all that. I think coaches' salaries are maybe a pretty good barometer of where a college football. Uh, conference is at in strength. Yeah, that's a good point. And maybe what surprised me the most of, of, of any coach is Sark. Steve Sarkeesian from Texas, he's 30th in the country. And I mean, usually you'd think, wow, you know, Texas alone, your your starting salary is, is going to be huge. But Sark's only making $5.6 million this year. And uh, I say only, you know, with, with the, the huge grain of salt that, that it requires. But I imagine Sark will be in for uh, somewhat of a pay raise over the next few years if he can keep this going. Lance Leipold at Kansas is one spot above Sark at Texas. Yeah. How about that? You know, our our editor, Ben, Mike Sherman, who, who does a great job helping us out, he, he says, never raise any questions you don't answer. So I might run down the, the top 10 coaches or so, just in case the folks are wondering. But it's probably pretty predictable if, if you want to go and, you know, play a family feud and guess along. But the, the, the top 10 are Nick Saban, 
Dabo Sweeney, Kirby Smart, Ryan Day, Mel Tucker at Michigan State, Brian Kelly, Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M, Mark Stoops at Kentucky. How about that? Josh Heupel at Tennessee is nine. And Lane Kiffin rounds out the top ten at Ole Miss. Yeah, Ben, we're undefeated in the two-minute drill so far through through one week. We, we've gotten to the end zone. You ready for it this time? Let's do it. Um, do you, it are, we're doing score predictions, right? Yeah, th- that's what we'll start with. We'll do favorite Rodney Atkins song, which I will probably need to pull up a list for. <laughs> I think I have, I have a couple off the top of my head, but... Yeah, well, I'll, I'll go first um, if if we want to get the two-minute drill timer started. Um, you're my on score prediction? Yeah, score prediction. I'm going to take OSU 27-24. to 24. I'm going to pick him in an upset win, Sam, at home on a Friday night um, on ESPN. With their back against the wall, that's just where Mike Gundy just somehow gets a win. Um, I, I think he's going to do it again today. I say 27 to 24 because the Cowboys have scored 27 points in three of their four games this season. So maybe that's just the number that they do. And I think the defense will create a couple turnovers, something it's been lacking these last couple weeks. Um, Rodney Atkins, I, I think his my favorite song of his is uh, I'll Be Watching You. Pretty good, Sam. I, I don't know. The, okay. the little kid. Yep. Talking about his, uh, his dad. I like that song. Um, and that's my two-minute drill. Impressive. And bolder than than what you're going to get from me, Ben. I I like Kansas State in this one. I, I, the Wildcats scoring 40 points right now for Oklahoma State seems like a very tall task, and the Wildcats have done it more often than not this year. I certainly don't think it's going to be a, a 48 to zero type affair as it was last year in Manhattan. Um, that was a bit unprecedented in the Gundy era. But I like Kansas State by a couple scores in this one. So I'll go something like 31 17 Wildcats. Favorite Rodney Atkins song? I've yet to determine if I'll walk over to the concert or not. I probably will. I, I like to get to, to Boom Pick a Stadium a little early before game day and see who I can see and, and talk to talk to some interesting folks. But I'll go take a back road. That, that's a solid song. So hopefully, if I make it to the if I make it to the concert, I'd appreciate it if he sings that one. But Ben, that that's all for us on on two for OSU or two on OSU. We we appreciate you subscribing. Listening, watching, rating the podcast. If you hate it, maybe don't leave a rating. But if you do enjoy it, we appreciate the the five star review as it helps us. So we'll be back for the rest of the year, finishing out the football season, and of course covering basketball, softball, baseball, everything else that goes on at OSU. So thanks for listening to Two on OSU, and we'll be back next time. <laughs>